to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. I'm Nathan, and joining me today is Craig. Good morning. And Susie. <laughs> Why was that so slow? Well, see, I've got a deep voice today. Have you? <laughs> Last month, don't you remember? I had a high-pitched squeaky voice. Oh, um, um, We should have got some hexafluoro... <laughs> balloon and used that. Yeah, whatever it is. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Uh, and Susie. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Susie. Let's go straight in. We have some email and feedback. Uh, a faithful listener says, quote, enjoyed the interview a lot and also the deconstruction of the STD detecting condom story. Thank Yay. you, faithful, faithful listener. Who's the faithful Who, listener? Spoilers, turns out to be Stephen. So, <laughs> oh, right. Um, okay. He may be biased. And Robin just uh, says, just caught up with this episode, and he mentions that Auckland Skeptic in the pub, er, Peter McCulley, did the digital effects for This Is Not My Life, yes, which we the... were talking about last week, the TV show. Uh, thought it was great when it screened. Pity there was no season two. He said series two, but he means season two because we're not in the how UK. Do you, how, do you, how do you know what does he it, meant? Because it, we're not in the UK. Do we seriously? Like yeah. that makes a difference? Well, I would say season. Okay. You'd say series, right? Yes. Yeah. The whole thing is the series. Oh, I see. Right? And each season is a season. Okay. But that's just because. We get most I, of our it's TV almost a bit too early for pedantry, but okay. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Never too early for pedantry. <laughs> yeah, all right. So you okay. have a series of seasons. Yeah. Well, no, the se- series is broken up into seasons. Yes. So you have How about a program that's broken up into it's a series? Seri- a series of seasons. Sorry? Mm-hmm. How about a program that's broken, that's up, broken into up into series? series. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't like it. Yes, well, how, how do you have a miniseries? Oh... <sighs> Yeah, because it's not an entire show. It's just a one-off. Okay. But it's still a show. Like, yeah, how could that not be the entire the... show is then the... I think we should move on. Yeah, okay. Whatever. <laughs> Thanks, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> and Peter. Good job, apparently. Uh, oh, he, Robin also thought that using the new part of Omaha Beach as a freaky vision of the future was entirely fictional. Um, I'm assuming that's relevant if you know something about Omaha Beach. I don't know what he means by that. Well, Omaha Beach has recently been developed. Um, okay. As a kind of a maybe residential. So it couldn't can't be a dystopian. Yeah, I don't know. Beach I have not something. seen the series. I have never been to right. Omaha Beach. It, it's beautifully done, and everything's just this kind of everything's these sort of muted blues and purples, yeah. which is sort of in contrast to the way we, I kind of think about New Zealand as being very, very green, yes. right? Uh, okay. um, and so it's just all these beautiful, yeah, it's, it's beautifully done. Mm, go, interesting. And, go and look at it. Go and watch yeah, it. Yeah, we were going to watch it, actually. Demand. I don't know why we didn't. It's really good. Why I didn't. Um, and we got a message from Bungle Ellis, who I'm pretty sure is Jim Ellis's cat. So that's <laughs> impressive, our first feline listener. Um, hi, I was going over your back issues recently. I found out about skepticism today. So I heard Susie Wiles saying that they, Skepticism Today, had a better podcast than you. While I do admire Susie for her knowledge of bioluminescent bacteria and follow her on the national program, uh, but I beg to disagree with her. She is most likely not proficient in <laughs> podcast refereeing. While I will, they do I will have a smart, that. well-presented podcast, I still prefer you guys. And I'm afraid I started a sentence with a conjunctive. I do implore Sayoi, not to jump ship 
for I do love Delia's dubious, uh, de- devious devices, but it's dubious devices, but we'll forgive me for that one. <laughs> Misspelling Susie's name, not so much. I don't know. Way to Susie. Alienate Maybe the Susie doesn't care. Hmm? Way to la- alienate the listenership. Screw the listeners. <laughs> do we honestly do this for the listeners? <laughs> uh, no, we love the listeners, seriously. <laughs> And I'm well, not... that was perfectly sincere. <laughs> it was sure. the best sincere I've ever done. <laughs> that's saying something. Yeah. Moving on. Yes. All right then. Right. Um, there wasn't anything board. there we needed to talk about. No. Uh, moving on to notice board. <sighs> yeah, this is just a heads up. Heads up that Oprah is coming to Auckland. Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> the lady who launched the career of Doctor Oz. And is currently running a meditation course with Deepak Chopra. Uh, is coming to Auckland for a one-off show as part of her kind of down under trip. That's and a um, slight positive, I suppose. One it's been off. featured on. <laughs> it's been featured on the news several times. Oh, is, is that, it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Who watches well, the news? Exactly. Well, anyway, I do occasionally. Um, it's being sponsored by a Vitamin Company. Oh, just so you know. <laughs> Was that on the news? Possibly. No, um, Disclosure of conflict don't know, of interest. Don't know, but. Uh, yeah, how exciting! <laughs> Maybe we could interview her. <laughs> oh yes, 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 yes. Uh, I'll ask. I'll see if we can get hold of her on Facebook or something. Right. Okay. Um, you never know. Uh, any other news, Susie? No. Uh, um, notice boards. I mean. No. No. Um, I'm going to mention my thing just because plugging free, whatever. Um, Newland Library. Saturday the 1st of August uh, we're having a big launch event for our new makerspace cool will the... this be out before the 1st of August yes <laughs> yes 1st of August isn't that far away no, so it's next, next Saturday week, but that's fine so okay. if someone gives me the thing early enough and, and I don't get distracted bogged down by with something else stuff. at work yeah um, so the faux libraries that's Avondale Blockhouse Bay and New Lynn the <coughs> what libraries Faux libraries. Faux. They're not real. W H A U. Oh, I oh, thought you meant Faux U X. Oh, I, no, yes. I was thinking the other one. I was thinking the enemies of the yeah, library. The, 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 right. These are the bad guy libraries <laughs> yeah. of all the libraries. Um, That's why they got to make a space. Yes, it is. Evil plans and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so we have a 3D printer. We've got and a we lot of really fluffy white cubes. cats too. Oh, that would be awesome. You know who has a library cat? Is Devonport. Really? Yeah, they have a library oh, cat. There you go. Um, Do you have any library ghosts? Oh yeah, loads. <laughs> Especially recently, as the plasters have been in, plastering in the ceiling, and there's just white dust over everything. So everyone's <laughs> a ghost, right? Um, so yeah, we're getting a three D printer, we're getting some robot cubes, and we're getting some laptops, and we're going to share them. So we'll have one thing each for a month, and then we'll swap them around. So if you come into Newland Library, we might have a three D printer. We might have some laptops you can play with Linux and creating things or we might have some robots you can snap together cool yes very I think so it's basically what I've been doing for the last three or four months so so you've been playing that. with 3D printers basically yeah and making little robots alright <laughs> if you go and have a look at my uh, Facebook page or the Newland Library Facebook page and click like um, <laughs> you can see the, the videos I did of the, of the robots mm-hmm. and the 3D printer printing something and that's the notice board I didn't ask Craig if he's got anything coming up because he never does. <laughs> right. Craig's just really boring. Okay, thanks. No, I have nothing coming up. Told you. 
news. This is quite possibly one of the most awesome sentences I've ever read in my entire life. <laughs> Scientists arm cells with mini lasers. <laughs> I haven't read this, but I'm almost scared to, just in case it doesn't live up to the hype. Uh, I, okay, so um, there's been a uh, um, paper published fairly recently uh, in a journal called Nano Letters by a team... Um, you need in... a magnifying glass to read it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by some scientists at St Andrews University in Scotland. Electron who, microscope. Um, who have made cells... Um, that basically made them contain a laser so that they can track them. Is it an organic laser? Well, so or what a... they've done, yeah, I might need some help with this. What they've done is, um, so they say <coughs> that it needs, you know, they need two things to make a laser. Yes. Um, light yes. and a resonant cavity. Right. Okay. That yep. basically... Um, does something to the light and it so bounces what, are about, it basically yeah, bounces around yeah i guess to it, it um amplifies it. i'm a biologist I don't right. know this stuff. Yeah, okay okay so this has been done before with very easily with um, living cells because you can make living cells contain fluorescent proteins you can make them produce light but the resonant yeah. cavity thing has been the trouble uh. and so what they've done in the past is basically make glowing cells and then put them into a resonant cavity so that so they they move the cells so glowing cells put them in a resonant cavity and then that does all the bouncing around well what these guys have done and gals possibly whoever guys and gals in the um people people what these people in st andrews guys in the generic sense is to make this so again they've made the fluorescent cells um and then what they've done is they've got them to take up a tiny plastic sphere that acts like the resonant cavity so it's okay. got the resonant cavity inside of it as a little plastic sphere cool. um and then essentially what happens is when they sh they use fluorescent proteins which when you shine wavelength a light of a particular wavelength in them that excites them and makes them emit the light. So when they shine the particular wavelength on them, um, that excites the fluorescence, and then it zaps around with its little cavity, and then that that's the laser. So the ultimate goal basically is to have little cell robot death battles. Yeah, you know, I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So why do they want to do this? I told you. Ultimate <laughs> or is this just cell is there any actual cage match with lasers? Is there any actual beneficial reason for doing this? Well, the so I guess the the um. So presumably, so, the characteristics of uh, of it being a laser is that they get a very precise single signal. frequency yeah. of light. Yes, precisely. Light. Right. Yep. Um, and presumably, a large amount if it's if it's essentially boosting signal, right? So they are wanting, um, they it's basically a way of tracking cells. Right. So this ah. this is what we use fluorescent cells for. To be so able to rather track than a diffuse glow of yeah. multiple frequencies, you, you have this very strong get, signal of yeah. a single frequency. But it's also coherent. So it's also it means it's going in a single direction. Doesn't that make it harder to track the cells? I don't if know. If it's lasing, it's coherent, which means it's it's a. Like a laser pointer, right? Yeah, but that's good. Is no, it? because what happens when what happens with um, normally in cells is that it doesn't it goes out like a sphere. Yeah. And so, or a what do you call that? Like a um, 
Um, and so so that makes it much more difficult to determine where the where the actual um, light is coming from right okay. i mean you get an area mm. but it is much more diffuse and so okay. yeah so i guess this will make it um much i'm just sort more... of thinking if the, if the cell is facing the wrong way then the laser light's going to be pointing in the wrong direction if you follow me uh I don't know whether that's does it come out both sides i don't know what's the well, i don't know, I don't know. With maybe the, it does um, but the, the, sort of the whole point of it being coherent is that it's a yeah but if, if you've got a parallel if you've got a if you've got a direction. little if you've got a little round circle of a cell ish um will it go does it only i'm trying to think if you've got a sphere that's your mm -hmm. resonant thing is it going to not go in both directions as a as a as a point <clears throat> It might, it could do. I don't know. So well, know. what I'm saying here, wouldn't. think about um, uh, in Star Wars. Yeah, we get this right. Okay. okay. Can you not get the one where you've got the laser? You hold the thing, and there's a beam coming out each side. <sighs> Is there one of those? Surely they just use no, two lasers. It's a lightsaber. Oh well, it's oh lightsaber. But you know, that's that's what I'm. But isn't that what, if the cell's doing that? Would it would it send it out both sides? Possibly. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, well, I've just been reading, like I say, wouldn't. But I've just been reading up about coherence. Have you? And there are two types of coherence. I'll go on then. The spatial coherence yes. and then the spectral coherence. So when you talk about coherence in a laser, which one are you actually talking about? Spectral, I imagine. Hmm? Yes. Because they're ghosts. So the problem is that we the the journal is closed. It's right. not a it's not an open access oh. paper. So all I can see is a beautiful picture of a cell producing two different colours of light and these very clear peaks of where they come from. Okay. Um, but yeah, well the picture seems to imply that those two peaks might be the green and the blue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. But then yeah, and then if you yeah. and then all those lower yeah I don't know. I mean, there are there will be other signals there because yeah. the cells are producing stuff. Um, mm, but interesting. Yeah. Very good. Anyway, I just like the idea of that was awesome. And also getting this little cell to take up a little sphere. Yes. Yes. It's kind of cool. Which probably has other uses as well. Yeah. Delivery mechanism for drugs. Yeah. Or... They say in the thing that um, hopefully um, they can use it to track cancerous tumors. Which will be cool. the usual thing that people say when they're sure when they want funding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Is it um, five to ten years away? Oh, um, well, it's the whole classic thing of uh, so you've got two things here: a fluorescent dye and a sphere that you'd have to get into cells. So, what is it that you're going to be delivering? Are you delivering those two things? Or are you delivering them into something that would then deliver them into a tunum cell? So, uh, yeah, probably. Very interesting. <laughs> okay, Craig. Can I think of a cool joke about Moore's Law? Uh, but what? whatever's too early in the morning. Yeah. Tell us about right. Moore's Law. Coming to an end. Well, well no. We've, no, no, we've discovered the limit. No, so. Possibly. Well, so, firstly, Moore's Law was um, something that was postulated by. Uh, Gordon Moore, Moore Gordon yes. Moore, who um, was the founder of Intel and Fairchild Semiconductor back in the, must have been the 1960s, because Moore's Law is now 50 years old, hmm. um, which, so he made this observation that the number of transistors that could be put on a um, an integrated circuit would double 
every 18, 18 months. months to two years. Yeah. And, and he made that observation back in the very, very early days of um, the technology where there were like 30 transistors on mm. uh right on an integrated circuit and then 18 months later there were 60 and yeah. so on and so it, um that was a very uh interesting observation to make um and sort of extrapolate it wildly to where we are today where we have uh chips that have billions of transistors on them. has proven itself out though more or less has it not well yes except that really it's not a law it's kind of a um, it's, it's been used as a as a goal right. for technology companies so okay well yeah. uh, moore's law says this so we better make sure that it actually comes true oh that's quite cool <laughs> yeah so that, that's it's kind of like drive... a, a driving uh, a driving drive force to say well the expectation some... is that in 18 months we're going to be able to double the power of our, our computer chips and deliver more technology than we were able to so yeah that's kind of how the industry is working um and it, and it plays out on multiple fronts so it's it's not just sort of transistor count on chips it's that um the clock frequencies of microprocessors has been increasing and mm. um all sorts of other technologies all sort of come into play to form this realization of his law that essentially the the price the price of computing power mm. has come down dramatically um the size has come down dramatically and and so on anyway there is obviously a limit it can't go on forever although it has gone on for quite some time um but in terms of the number of transistors that you can fit on a chip uh, there are limits when you get down to the actual physical size of the transistors and they have uh, some scientists have now discovered that um, they produced a single transistor which is made up of a single molecule so um, it's a single atom surrounded by 12 atoms so this is likely to be the smallest possible size for a transistor and actually the hard limit to Moore's law <coughs> Do we want to talk about what a transistor is and why it's important? Oh, okay. Okay, so a transistor is essentially the the basic building block of electronic circuits in that it allows you to control flow of current by using another current. So it's, <laughs> it's a, a switch. switching. It's electrical. Essentially a switching. Yeah. yeah, electrically controlled switch. So it can amplify signals and... That's pretty cool. So yeah. So basically, so anyway, if you're so dealing with with modern computers, they tend to talk in binary, which are ones and zeros, and that's where a transistor is is used. Well, not just where it's used, but yep. You need a, you need an on and an off yes. in order to to do a one and a zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so <clears throat> your microprocessors in your um, laptop or Apple Watch or whatever um, will have um, now billions of transistors, which allows us to do lots of things very quickly. Um, so yeah, so there's this now. There's this hard limit, um, which is this tiny, tiny, tiny transistor, which is only essentially a single single atom surrounded by the twelve atoms, and they use um, this um, compound. 
Is it a compound? I'm not sure. Um, of which I've only just learned how to pronounce it. Um, Phthalocyanine. Right. Have you heard of that before? Not it's yeah. uh, spelled P-H-T-H-A-L-O-S-C-Y-A-N-I-N-E. Interesting to pronounce. What is it? Phthalocyanine. Well, <laughs> well, it's an organic molecule typically used in dyes at the heart of the transistor. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't fully understand exactly used what's going on pigments. there. Yeah, but it um, seems interesting. But um, I think we're we're reasonably far off actually being at this limit. So, so, yeah, um, so we're not actually making those tomorrow? No. No, no, no. This but is, is, is a the theoretical limit. limit. Yeah. But this may be some years away. So we're still going to be able to get to um, a point of having computers powerful enough to implement AI before we get to this limit, I'm sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. <coughs> so City. apparently City's just been given a whole bunch of money, which is a bad idea, according to... Um, well... Eh. Yeah, it um, may be a bad idea. That is. So, what face? do we think of SETI? So, SETI um, for a start is the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Indeed, which is a an Earth-based um, approach to trying to discover uh, extraterrestrial intelligence by looking at uh, looking for radio signals coming in from outside, um, outside from Indeed. the universe, somewhere else in the universe, and. Um, and then try to look for essentially signals that are being um, deliberately sent. Um, it's not like we have any technology that could listen into um, radio um, signals that weren't deliberately beamed at us yeah. um, from stars that are many light years away. We don't have that sort of sensitivity yet. So we're, we're looking for um, uh, other beings like us who decide that there might be other beings in the universe who are interested in um, knowing that we exist and so sending out uh, yeah. a signal of some sort, some sort of message that could not, well, would Prime be unam unambiguously interpreted yeah. as of intelligent origin. Which, and then also instructions for building a huge machine. Right, so if you've seen the, the movie Contact, um, that was kind of a, a movie all about SETI. And I think the book is a lot better. Always, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the um, the contact movie was um, kind of went off the rails a bit at the end. I was um, listening to an episode, uh, an interview with um, Andrean. Yes. Um, she she it's was an old, um, old back catalogue of, of one of the Carl Sagan. So I'm trying to catch up. Yeah. Wife, and something. she was saying there was a couple of lines that they left out of the movie. That she thought were, were quite important. And, um, if I could remember what it was, this would be much more relevant. <laughs> it <would laughs> it was, be, I, yes. think, I think it was a line that Matthew McConaughey's um, what was he the the preacher guy? Oh, um, yeah. Well, there was something some... like I, I realised that that God is too big or too small or something like that. Right. Okay. Anyway, so there has been a recent cash injection into the city project. So. Previous, I think SETI's been going on for decades now, and they've not actually found anything. But um, there's always been some interesting signals. But they have have to investigate these signals and and um, figure out whether they are of terrestrial origin or extraterrestrial origin. 
and um, invariably they are um, turn out to not be um, intelligent um, signals. Um, as far as we know. So, so SETI originally was funded by the US government, and then it got shut down by Congress. Um, I think in the '90s, and then there was some small funding that came through from private groups and so on. But the recent news is that there is a Russian billionaire who has injected a um, hundred million dollars into the project. Wow! Sweet. Yes, they'll be happy about that. I'm sure they would. Um, so yeah, if you're a city enthusiast, then a hundred million dollars to um, search more carefully. So this is essentially going to buy more time on yep. radio telescopes to allow us to widen the search, look look in more detail. Um, <coughs> so if there are um, ETs out there who are sending signals our way, then we have, with this $100 million cash injection, a much, more, uh, much higher chance of actually finding the signals. Sure. Um, but not everybody thinks this is a good idea. Actually, can we just back up a minute? Sure. So, so this so this is a new project called Breakthrough Initiatives, um, which is going to be a ten-year project. Mm-hmm. And what's kind of cool about it is it's going to be open source, and all data will be available to the public. Nice. Yes. There you go. I think that's worth saying. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, that yeah, that does seem pretty cool. Although, yeah, although what, what that data what, means. Yeah. What what, <laughs> what will the public do with it? Yeah. Um, don't underestimate the public. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, uh, PZ Myers wrote a blog post about it, and he's not particularly keen on City. Um, he wrote this blog post that says six reasons that I really don't like City. Hmm. Um, reason number one: it's not going to work. It hasn't worked so far. No signs of intelligent life out there at all. And while a negative result isn't necessarily a sign of failure, it does mean that the likeliest explanation is intelligent life is very, very rare. Uh, that's been expert or that it's not interested in talking to us <laughs> yeah yeah um so i don't know do you what do you guys think about the likelihood of intelligent life existing and existing <sighs> long enough um to actually get to the point where uh contemporaneously we exist yeah at the same so time that we can able to actually each receive other. signals well not even because I mean, they, when you have to have been so far in the past that by the time, sure, so sure, yes. by the time we find but, out about it, they're probably all dead anyway. Um, I think it's unlikely, mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean we shouldn't be funding it. Mm. Um, I don't know how much of my tax dollars I'd want spent on it, to be honest, but it's a bit moot as the money's all coming from a private source. So yes, exactly. He's welcome um, to it. And that, that, why would been... you discourage them from doing it? It's private money. The people are keen. Well, then, yeah, you know, the fact that it is private, else? The, fact, the fact that it's private money means that the, it's sort of fairly I mean, immune not? to criticism. I mean, they're probably learning loads of other stuff as well. In the meantime, they're analysing these signals from different places. I mean, didn't these guys discover pulsars? Well, in the when very the early in the very early days, the signals that were coming in that were pulse that were based by from pulsars were thought to be of intelligent origin because they were sort of a regular signal. Mm. Um, so it wasn't SETI per se that, necessarily. That, no, no, it wasn't no, SETI okay, that did that. Fine. But, but uh, still, so looking basically at the a spinning sky, star that looked like... Thing. No, a spinning star produced this very regular pulses of... Yeah, the pulses were Jocelyn Bell Brunel. Right. 
who didn't get the Nobel Prize for it. Right. Her supervisor got it. Kelsey uh, Prize. Um, Irish. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so his arguments are... Actually, I quite like the a couple of the arguments, which are... Well, that and the actually, second one. You like the second one? <laughs> Turn yeah. smart scientists into insipid, facile dimwits. <laughs> <laughs> I am constantly appalled at the goofy rationales they give for SETI. Yeah. Um, yes, it does. I mean, it, it kind of tends to inspire people, I guess, that, well, what if there is intelligent life out there trying to communicate with us and we're not even listening? Yeah. There's but a, if you think a very about... poor analogy here as well. He says... <clears throat> the the rationale is city is a shot in the dark blah 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 um devoting tele telescope time to the search is worth it imagine if there was a message and we simply hadn't been listening please pz myers says right imagine if fairies actually existed but we just hasn't haven't been clapping hard enough to keep them alive <laughs> blah 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 give me a hundred million dollars to clap more <laughs> which is a bad analogy because the city is actually doing research it's analyzing data data and and giving us useful information or even maybe useless information that we can do something with later mm. and, and is that not worthy in and of itself i don't know sounds a well, little bit is, like maybe sarah it's, maybe palin it's... saying why are we doing research on fruit flies who cares about fruit flies yeah well she's an idiot and obviously she doesn't i'm not actually directly comparing pz I mean, like, well palin, maybe but... maybe it's like okay well we haven't looked in enough places for god Okay, but, so I guess one of the big arguments would be, is there a better use of that $100 million? Okay, yeah, yeah. sure. But, yeah, mm. And private or not, is there a better use of it? He could have Is he interested in science? Yeah. Then there so are the, lots the billionaire of guy was, a, was actually a PhD candidate in physics or something, and he gave that up to become an internet billionaire. Like you do, you just yeah, decide. Would, that, okay, no, I'm going to give up my PhD and decide to become an internet billionaire. So I, so I don't get this at all. Then, with all that money now, why doesn't he go back and do something? Well, he's, but he is. He's trying. He's using this money to do to, he... to put into projects <clears throat> that he thinks are worthwhile. And no doubt, if he's a billionaire, he's got a hundred million dollars to put into other projects as well. Yeah. So it's not just necessarily fund, funding SETI. Although I'm sure one of the articles tells yeah. us with that. Sure but not. yeah, so so P. C. Meyer says it's it's simply terrible science. It's nothing but an expensive fishing a fishing expedition driven by wishful thinking. Um, I'm all for basic research without a practical goal, but science should at least have the goal of increasing our understanding. What does SETI help us understand? Human psychology, maybe, but there are cheaper, more effective ways of doing that. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the city people could explain exactly what it is that we're in, what else we're learning from the project. Well, I'm pretty sure that there are other things. Mm. Other than, it's not just let's look under the couch for God. It's let's break down the molecular structure of everything and see if we can find God. In the <laughs> meantime, we've, we're learning a lot about the world. Mm. Yeah. Not that we should be... Looking well, I guess I guess the um, the billionaire should be allowed to spend his money on whatever he wants, within reason. Well, yes, obviously legal things. Yes, um, hmm. or illegal things. But it has, it has, that they can get away with. It has annoyed the creationists, of course. 
because yes. um, they are they are worried that actually we might find um, some intelligent life out there, and then what would that do to? I'm sure they wouldn't admit that that was their problem. Yes, well, they probably want him to build an ark. <laughs> right. Okay. Imagine the sort of arc a hundred million dollars to build. Yeah. Yes, we could actually build a real one that would float. Yes. Or not. Or sink. That would almost be worth it. Right. Anyway, so okay, um, yep. I'm I hope that we find intelligent life out there. That would, would be, be really nice, cool. Although you've got to think about the implications as well. You know, are they friendly? Are they evil? Oh, I don't know. I don't that know. seems that's a bit that's a bit well tough. they would certainly be very different from us yes that's where it would be interesting and w- whether we would even be able to have a meaningful conversation is the yeah is the interesting thing but as Indeed. for them being evil and wanting to come and eat us that seems pretty unlikely I mean surely if 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 an alien civilization has developed to that extent um, they don't they probably don't need um to be able to find creatures to come and eat <laughs> probably quite easily able to yeah, it's, it's uh, provide dangerous, for their dangerously own dangerously close to an, an advanced civilization must necessarily be good sort of argument that some people make I know that's not what you're saying but yeah <clears throat> you mm. don't know maybe you get to a point in your in your civilization civil, yeah, development of your civilization where you need to you know, feed off other life forms in order to look, continue to survive. Well, which is what we do. Well, yes, I think, you know, <laughs> My case is proven. <laughs> Any creature needs to get its energy from, from somewhere. From somewhere, yes. yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway, I thought, let's move on to the next thing. Which I believe, oh no, it's the, the robots. Evolving robots, which I can't scroll up to. So mother robots build children robots to experiment with artificial evolution. robots. And the basic idea, as I understand it, because it's not loading, so I can't double-check as I I talk. Um, So the idea is, um, I guess, testing evolution and also um, seeing how evolution works on the design of something. Uh, Say robots, for example. And making minor changes over multiple let's call them generations yeah um and the the problems inherent in that so they're essentially <clears throat> using kind of an experimental evolutionary algorithm to try to, to try out robots. difference or even robots, just as a, even yeah. just as an experiment just to see how, what happens you know what can we do um so the idea is that you can sort of do it with simulations which is fast and relatively easy but doesn't necessarily play out in the real world or you can make robots and then make a change and then make another robot and then that's that's hard and takes a long time and so i guess what this is doing is is splitting the difference and they're actually getting the robots to to build build robots right children robots to see what happens to it and then there's a there's a line in here that's just absolutely great um what if it goes out of control Grey goo, and the, and the robots build more robots and they take over the world. Exactly. Like Here Mickey Mouse with the um, Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yes. <laughs> or um, the replicators from Stargate. Right. Um, blah, 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 blah. The mother robot hot glues active and passive cubes together and then transports them to a testing area where oh. they're wirelessly activated and an overhead camera watches them wiggle around. 
Ah, oh, well, we're safe then because that hot glue never works. Really, <laughs> <laughs> really bad stuff. Yeah. So there's a so the paper was published in PLOS One, so it's all o- online and open access. Oh, yeah. And then there are some nice videos, it seems. All right, now I actually can get around to watching with, the videos. With so that, so you me. can watch them wiggling. Yeah. And the idea is that um, the robots are then, the child robots are then disassembled. Manually at the moment. Um, and then the software looks at which one what got the furthest to hmm. then decide what the next generation of robots going to be. That's quite cool. Isn't it? Hmm. So, yeah, the beginning of the end, everybody. Yeah. It's Thank interesting you. how quickly things are moving and how much science there is in the news just recently. Like with the... Um, the I always see Pluto. quite a lot of science news anyway. Yeah, but, but yeah. it seems to be making its way into mainstream news much more now i don't look at mainstream news so i believe you take your word for it yeah well yep that's robots that's all i wanted to say about robots anyone else want to say anything about robots okay so the next segment is something we call what the fuck sorry (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) how brain mother so Richard Dawkins is being sued. I think we should sued. just stop there. <laughs> <laughs> being sued. And you say, yeah, fair enough. Someone should sue him. He's an idiot sometimes. But no. Richard Dawkins is being sued for $58 million by, sued by, sued by a man who says that Richard Dawkins called him stupid in a, a newspaper article that was published some 1989 six, six or seven years or something before the man wrote his book which is if i'll find the label of it um the organized the universe. organized universe that book offered quote unquote scientific proof that darwinism was a hoax um <laughs> so just to just to recap dawkins published something uh in 1989 in a book review that said it's absolutely safe to say that if you meet someone who claims not to believe in evolution that person is ignorant stupid or insane in brackets or possibly wicked but i'd rather not consider that Um, i think there's a few in that category actually (laughs) yeah possibly um which is a fairly reasonable statement um especially coming were you stupid nathan no i was ignorant oh you're ignorant okay you see you weren't wicked and maybe a little bit insane. Um, <laughs> and this guy, Dahlstrom, if you want to know what his name is, is convinced that the somebody that Dawkins was referring to uh, was him. And then, sorry, yes, yeah, so in 89, um, Dar- uh, Dawkins wrote that in, in a book review. And then, uh, oh, no, sorry, 24 years later, this man published a book. And now that he thinks that criticism of anyone who doesn't accept evolution is a personal attack, and he's suing for $8 million in actual damages, which for some reason is not in quotes, and $50 million in punitive damages. Uh, As the article says, numbers he's pulling out of his ass, as far as I can tell. Um... So the the, um, oh. <laughs> the lawsuit's amazing. Yeah. So he's basically saying that because of this comment, that Richard Dawkins has caused millions of people to be prejudiced and biased against the plaintiff. 
Plaintiff's the right, right. right diamond? Yeah. 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 Yes. Um, the guy and who's so his reputation yeah. and subjected him to hatred, contempt, ridicule, and financial injury. Just wow. a just a just a um alternative hypothesis there. It could be the fact that you wrote a book claiming to have proof that Darwinism was a hoax. Which is idiotic. Presumably, that would mean that Darwin was actually um, creating his theory in order to, as a hoax. He yes, thought this is I this is a great so. joke to. That's um, what it means. Yeah, any I, I was actually having a look on Amazon.com for the reviews of this book, and um, it's oh, very polarised. There yeah. are <laughs> a whole bunch of one star. Well, actually, there are eight reviews of the book. Oh. Um, there are, I think, three five star reviews and. Um, five one-star reviews <laughs> so the name of that book for everyone who wants to go to amazon right now is the organized universe exclusive um, scientific proof that darwinism is a fraud well is it fraud or hoax come well, on guys well, the, the, uh, there's a fraud apparently uh, yep. In the article, this is a legitimate lawsuit, by the way. As much as you'd think a judge would look at this and rip it up, Dawkins had to respond, which his lawyers did quote yes, um, yesterday, whenever the date of the article was. In a set of responses, asked him, Smith, the blah, 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 dismiss the motion and respond to its claims. Uh, just, I'm not even going to read that because it's so obvious. But yeah, his uh, lawyers had to do a whole bunch of of actual paperwork and file it in order to try and get right. the lawsuit cost a dropped. Money. Yep. As well, always lawyers always cost money. Um they're gonna try and get the lawsuit dropped and they're gonna try and get the guy to pay for the legal costs, obviously. Hmm. Um yep. So that's my what the fuck for the week. Hmm. Um and of course then just yesterday or this morning or something, Richard Dawkins is in the news again for having said something stupid on Twitter. Right. Which is Hardly news, actually. No. But here we go. I'm not even going to go into it. I don't know what it's about. Something about feminism, probably. But it's interesting that recently there's been more transitional fossils found that creationists get up in arms about. So Do I they? think there was um, recently they found some, found a creature that is kind of the granddaddy of turtles. So I hadn't heard about that um, one. Something show, showing how the shell evolved. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I saw something just yesterday, I think, about how they found a snake with legs. Ooh. And it, it was in the Garden of Eden. It didn't yeah. have... <laughs> Damn it, you stopped my joke, you bastard. Oh, this is the didn't Brazilian have vocal one. vocal cords, yeah. is what I was going to say. So this is, this is causing quite a little bit of interesting you think the discussion all over that. On, um, great. on Twitter because it's possible the the um, fossil was essentially illegally obtained ah, because in okay. Brazil you have to have permits right and to hunt for fossils and this isn't this so this really? wasn't well you're not allowed to just go hunting really. for fossils well, you're not allowed no for, to, to take them away oh, yeah. right. so uh, it's gonna say because people just go down to the beach and like look for fossils all the time yeah but in order to you can't obviously take them out of the country or something anyway, you can't there's something you can't do or that requires permits and the right. man who's involved in that research um uh, has been unable to get since this cha rule change was made he's found it difficult to get permits because he's not in brazil or brazilian or collaborating with anybody in brazil it seems okay. um and so this was looking from a private collection so 
so it's like is it a really old collection that was done oh. before all these things oh, or okay. was it illegally obtained right the sad thing is the scientist involved is basically pulling a well i shouldn't have to collaborate with anybody because that's just nonsense um and i should be allowed to do what i like because the science is the most important bit and it, so it's kind of interesting <coughs> it's sort of right. lots of discussions around Actually, there's sort of imperialism and not really the, perhaps the way things should be done. Right. Um, and a very similar discussion happened a few days ago about the sequencing of the kiwi. Really? Which okay. has also just been done by a team from, I think, Switzerland, Germany, and a guy in Australia. Right. So there are no New Zealand teams involved in that. Um, it doesn't seem like quite the same thing. Are they saying that well, the data somehow should be... Taonga or something. Yeah, well, that it, it it just started an interesting discussion okay, around okay. Um, what you know. Why shouldn't? So in this case, you know, in the in the case of the this fossil thing, actually, the fossil I can see where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah, but you can't in this case of the kiwi. Oh, so really? our I mean, iconic. You're talking about... I mean, are you looking at it from an intellectual property point of view? No, just in the in the point of view of of um, I mean, the guy was in New Zealand and he left New Zealand for funding reasons and he got my fancy lab in in mm -hmm. um, right. in Australia, and it's really sad that there's no link. There's also it feels like no like no um, you know. Oh, I don't, I'm not articulating myself very well. Why? Why would they? They? Sh it's they. Oh God! I'm really struggling with this. Um, it 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 got me thinking about other things. So, for example, there's been you know these Peruvian mummies that have got TB and stuff, and you know all these things that are in other countries now or being looked at in different ways because of of how they were obtained or when they were obtained. I mean, the D DNA from the the kiwis was obtained in the 80s. Apparently it was all done with iwi consent and all that kind of right. stuff. But there's something sad about not including... Is there a, uh, a, a hint of, no offence, jingoism a little bit? A little bit patriotism? Oh, you can't do research on the Kiwi if there's no Kiwis no, that's involved? No, or... that's not what I said at all. No. But that why not... Because the other the other flip side of that is suggesting so his suggestion was there's no Brazilians on his paper because he's chosen the best people for the the thing, right. as though actually, as as though there wouldn't be any Brazilians who were any good to be on it. So there's a little bit of like, well, yeah. I'm gonna get my friends because they're obviously the best people without actually knowing who might be appropriate. Um, Assuming he hasn't actually interviewed yeah. a whole bunch of people, and yeah. this turns out which from his who... from his things it doesn't sound like he has right. Done. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it was just about being able to make the story richer by putting it in its context mm -hmm. and by having people who understand either the historical context or the um, yeah. evolutionary yeah. context, the, the um, environmental your, context. I kind of get where you're coming from, but is there, a, is there a historical context if you're talking about what would the DNA of the Kiwi you said, right? Yeah, so, they've, so they're basically looking at what... Um, I think in this case it was something about why it's evolved to be a nocturnal bird and something right. to do with the genes of it and right. I don't know it just seems sad to me that that for all of these things it's kind of sad that there isn't some that it doesn't that it isn't part of building a um interest a scientific kind of interest in that country right mm. 
does feel so what you're like imperialism. Is that we need more internet billionaires to fund. <laughs> we have one Research. at least, don't we? Who? He's still here, isn't he? What's his face? What's his face? Who are you talking about? Kim. Dot com. Oh, is he a billionaire? Oh, okay, no, is he? well, no. Billionaire at least. We don't want any people like him. Oh, really? No. So no, no true billionaires. Well, he's a he's interviewed. <laughs> is he? Yes. Okay. I think he's interviewed. You think I'm being unreasonable? Oh, and he's a... I don't think you're being unreasonable. I'm just not quite sure I'm grasping why <clears throat> you you think that... I'm not even sure what you're 100% getting at. You're saying a Kiwi should probably be involved somehow. Well, it's just it sad that it's not. Country, it's just or... sad that there's no... Well, I mean, so there's... for that, it's kind of the... Yeah, it's just sad that there is no... We have, we have lots of people here who could be involved. like a little bit of an emotional argument. I'm not accusing you of being emotional or anything, but... I possibly am being emotional. Um, I don't know. It's, I don't see the connection. I don't care. I mean, it's like saying... No, I haven't got an analogy, but it's it's the data is the data. It doesn't matter where it's done. It's like yeah, but thinking the interpretation, of us as a country versus as just yeah, a global... Yeah, but the interpretation of data mm-hmm. actually is done in a specific context. And, okay. and so maybe the story would be richer if you understood more of that context. Okay. And I think this is the thing that I'm coming to understand more and more, that you know we think of science as this thing which it is as a and process being purely objective and yeah. context free. but it's you know every paper is interpreted by a scientist and a scientist is actually for all that we say we're objective and all that kind of stuff yes. you know we're full of unconscious biases and yes. bullshit because well, the, the worldview that you have exactly the yes. answer to that two two things i was going to say actually one is um, one thing you said earlier near the uh when you were explaining what was happening is that the chap moved out of New Zealand for funding reasons mm. it suggests to me that if we'd thrown more money at him then we wouldn't be having this discussion mm. um, well, but the other thing, the, the other solution to, the, to what you just said was that more people need to do the same research from loads of different places, I mean you could argue the opposite you don't want someone from New Zealand to do it mm. um, or well, just, just yeah. someone from New Zealand don't just want people from New Zealand, you want to get other perspectives and then compare them and see who's got the best answer. Mm. So okay. someone from New Zealand should do it, someone from America should do it, someone from Australia should do it. That, that and that's, of, that's how science works. That much, sort of sounds it? like, a, well, you've got your truth and I've got my truth and mine is better than yours. Well, it's more what Susie like was saying, relativism. All I'm saying is if you're concerned know. about someone's biases, anyway, I feel the need their... to qualify my statement about Kim.com and why I think he's an idiot. <laughs> The Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast does not think that Kim.com is an idiot. Well, some of us do. The reason I don't Craig like... Does not the reason, speak the for... reason I don't like Kim.com is because he made his money essentially illegally. Whoa, by whoa, pr- whoa, 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 But no, no. Or, no, no, well, no, no. He promoted... He made his money by promoting copyright abuse. And so... Whether you think it's illegal or not, okay, never mind. But you, what I'm you, saying is that he has... You're a very fine line there has, into, into slander, Craig, well, because has, I'm sure uh, he would argue that his site is simply for sharing large sure, files. Sure, 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 sure. And it just so happens anyway, that the large majority of those people, yeah, exactly. possibly but, including some people we know very closely... I'm sure I don't know <laughs> who you're talking about. Right. But I have much more respect for internet billionaires who have invented something that is innovative and has benefited a lot of people than somebody who's simply made money by enabling 
the people to that, copy and distribute. But who invented um, the idea of having a, a file sharing website where you could upload large files and or, then share or, them with what, people? You think it was Kim.com? I don't know. I'm asking. Did he have some hand in innovating that? Or ah. did someone else come up with the idea first? <laughs> because that is, by definition, innovation of the type you're talking about that benefits but people. Is it used, well, how does it benefit people? Well, by being able to share large files sure. with other people you want to send me but, okay you, with the ed, tomorrow you're going to send me all of the data that we're recording right now and yes. you're going to use a file sharing website sure sure i am but <laughs> but and that helps would it have to be would it have to be one that uh, pretended to not be um enabling copyright abuse say that again so back when he invented this scheme to allow people to share large files yes assuming he did which we're not sure yet well yes we don't know what anyway. was his thing called uh, mega wasn't it uh, mega's the new one uh, oh what no maybe one? mega was the old one I don't mega know. upload mega com, upload wasn't it? yeah anyway <clears throat> timeline wikipedia sorry i'm listening keep talking i'm just saying i have much more respect for people who did something useful than for Somebody well, my who... argument is that this is a useful thing. Well, and you could... I mean, is it any more relevant than Facebook? Or less relevant or whatever? Yeah, I think any it is. Any more or less I important? Think I think it is. I mean, I think loads uh, of people every day need to send large files to colleagues and co-workers and... Really, do they? Fellow, fellow pirates. Really? <laughs> really? Um, I think the people who are using it... Uh, for sending large files that do not have any um, copyright implications is uh, a, that's a, a very, very small proportion. So that makes them less important. So you're saying he hasn't helped enough people. This is your your criteria now. Mm. Anyway, perhaps I'm moralising. <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. But coming back this, to the the what were we fossil snake, the fossil DNA. snake. Oh, there's no snake legs. The fossil snake with legs. Oh, I'm gonna, is very I'm gonna, cool. I'm going to jump into cool. this just for a second. The headline from CNET is "Snake fossil with four legs just wants hugs." <laughs> what? Just wants a hug. Oh, that's why it's so got it's legs. Yeah, right, it just right. wants hugs because okay. the internet. But no, it's There's a um, there's a an article on National <laughs> Geographic about it, and it's very very cool. Yes. Um, well, at least the um, the artist's um, interpretation is um, very cool. Um, let me just paste that in there for you. But um, yeah, no, it looks looks very cool. So yet another transitional fossil that the creationists will um, claim is not a transitional fossil. Woo. Indeed, because God just happened to make one of those things. The snake with four legs. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, the snake originally had legs. Right. And, and it, it was cursed them. to crawl on its belly, you see. So this, that's what I was saying before. The creationists should love this. Right. Because it proves okay. that there was a snake with four legs um, with okay. vocal cords that talked to Adam and so right. on and he so forth. Mostly, wasn't it? Uh, was, yeah, it was, that, Eve, was that snake actually Satan? Uh, not according to the original story, technically. Right. Um, it was just the snake. Hmm wasn't until much more. There was no Satan in the beginning, actually. It was much, much later in the book. Anyway, that's another topic. Right. Um, should we move on? Sure. <laughs> yes, let's move on. <laughs> oh, let's move on to Woo Zealand. Susie, adrenal fatigue? 
Yeah, so um, this is... Uh, this is a apparently a um uh, oh god so the I website, just the website <laughs> I understand what this article, what this discussion is going to be about okay it's quackery <laughs> well so there's a there's a guy who um came up with this concept of adrenal fatigue where basically um it's the reason why the stressful living and all this kind of stuff um is is Basically, we're ill because of adrenal fatigue. So and we're so constantly it's, on. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, um, so it was this guy called James Wilson who coined the phrase in 1998. Is he a um, doctor? Uh, because ah. it says Dr. Wilson. Yeah, so he has a PhD. Ah. He has three PhDs, apparently, but we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Um, so he, it's basically this collection of non-specific symptoms, um, you know, and his his uh, the questionnaire for whether you have adrenal fatigue is um, quite interesting so um have you experienced stress um or uh anything that's sort of affected your well-being um are you exhausted are you do you have little time for play or relaxation um have you had respiratory infections blah 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 um it just goes on and on and on and basically if you've if you've answered yes to any of these questions essentially you've got adrenal fatigue right Um, which you will because there's no way to go through any of those questions Um, and the idea is that you've uh so adrenal fatigue is basically that your adrenal glands which are these little things near your kidney um are not doing their job uh now and so they they uh there's some tests to look at this so salivary test to look at your your things and to see whether you've got this adrenal fatigue um and then of course there are a whole heap of dietary supplements that you can take to support oh, your adrenal that thing and cure your adrenal fatigue um so there's no scientific evidence that it exists there are very clearly important diseases that are related to uh your adrenal glands and not functioning adrenal glands and these are very well known very well recognized very um uh, easy to diagnose uh but these are not what this adrenal fatigue is right so essentially adrenaline is produced when you're under stress of some sort that basically makes your heart beat faster or whatever so when you yes uh, it's, you it's get about, a fight or something that... it's about cortisol so Basically, if your adrenal glands are exhausted, then they don't produce enough cortisol. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, so hang on, hang so on. So cortisol on. the opposite thing then so to the adrenaline. So cortisol is the... Um, I would have thought the adrenal glands produced adrenaline, but then I'm not a Pretty doctor. sure they do. Uh, this is the one. I can't remember what. this. Certainly cortisol is the one, the stress hormone that they're all oh. worried about. Okay. Um, so it's the one that's released in response to stress. Right. Adrenal glands secrete adrenaline to help your body respond to stress, but they also regulate many vital processes in your body, such as. Anyway, so, so this guy basically uh, has. Let's have a look at him. So he's got three PhDs. Uh, one of which does seem to be a sciency PhD. The other ones are a PhD oh. in chiropractic and <gasps> one in. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It's not a PhD in chiropractic. It's a DC in chiropractic. No, he says ND. he's got a doctorate in chiropractic he's got an and ND. naturopathic. He's got an ND as well. ND is naturopath. Yes, doctor in naturopathy, isn't it? There's no such thing as a PhD in... Oh, there you can buy you can a, a PhD, PhD in from anything. anything. Oh, well, Yes, it's, it's, it's a, a diploma mill PhD. Well, there's, there's anyway, not, that's, what he, that's, what he, that's what he claims he's got. Um, so uh, why is this in New Zealand? Well, because he's here. And right. yesterday oh. he was talking at a uh, conference, um, the 
NutraSearch 2015 annual conference on comprehensive detoxification and natural hormone production. And for $200, you could have gone yesterday to hear him talk about comprehensive detoxification. If I had $200 yesterday, I think I would have been going to see Alan Davies live in concert. He was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He was funny. Oh, um, so jelly. Uh, anyway, so yes, he's here um, talking about nonsense talking about something that doesn't actually exist i mean the, the a whole bunch of endocrinologists who are people who study hormones mm-hmm. uh put out a statement several years ago saying this is nonsense um but and then for as part of your 200 dollars for going along for the day yesterday you also got a copy of his book or his dvd or his something or another yeah, that yeah, yeah. um um received free his three-hour dvd on uh on basically adrenal fatigue that was going to be my prediction because DVDs are cheaper to produce. Right. There you book. go. No, yeah, I just first uh, I love look the, at the, page the personal and, message from Dr. Wilson. Where's that? Yeah, well, that, about that. yeah, a third of the way down the page. Oh, yeah. Dr. Wilson's original formulations will never compromise on their quality because we are committed to health and helping our customers improve their health. I use the knowledge gained through three doctoral degrees and over 30 years experience in the health field to make every product the best you have ever tried. When we are considering making a new product, the first questions we ask are, does this product make a contribution to the health of the person taking it? Does this product make money for us? <laughs> oh, oh, no, that's not that. Oh, is it affordable? Yes. Is it affordable to the average And is person? it superior to any other product? Can we get the per- average person to pay a little bit of money for a long time so that I can make a lot of money out of it? Are those, those are very borderline actionable um, claims. This, they're not claims, but they are yeah. What's well, a classic thing of they'll... Um, Wonder they'll whether it'd be worth someone... Support your health. Yes. Yeah. Support. You Contribution to the health. Is it superior to any other product is, is almost a, cl- a claim if you could argue that... Mm. He's making that claim because he's asking that question. Yeah. I don't know. How much do these products just... cost? Well, I can't oh, yeah. find a... I found the page. You get them in pack sizes and stuff, but I can't find... Um, Good Sugar, a cleverly price. designed blood sugar balancer. If there's no <laughs> prices, it's probably a multi-level system or something. Let's see if we can find out how much they cost. Fish Pond. Huh. Um, yeah, just halve that number, whatever they give you. Uh, what's going on? <clears throat> yeah, this, well, this site, yeah, doesn't seem to actually have the ability to purchase stuff on it. No. It's just like it's a bit of a waste, um, isn't it? A whole bunch of. It's find a practitioner, so they obviously want there's you to a, come and. There's uh, a menu item. Have a guarantee. Have a consultation. Yeah. Right, so that you yeah. can have these products recommended to you. Right. Yeah. Right. One of the menu items on the site is guarantee. At NutraSearch, we believe so strongly in Dr. Wilson's original bloody blah and their effectiveness. We offer 100% satisfaction if one of your patients is ever dissatisfied. This is the wholesaler. Okay, the Adrenal Rebuilder, 150 caplets is $150. Jeez. Dollop. Wow. Nuts. Um, Wonder what's in them. Currently unavailable. <laughs> this item is unavailable. Okay, yay. Good. Okay, that's <laughs> enough of that, I think. And they've got testimonials on the site. Of course, of course they they've do. got testimonials on the yes. site. Okay. There isn't any actual science. 
Who's giving us an update on the medical cannabis uh, situation? Well, so yeah. remember we talked about this a little yes. while ago. This was Alex Renton, who um, was essentially having the late permanent, Alex Renton. Yeah, so he was having these permanent um, epileptic fits and was in a coma. Had been was in an induced coma. Induced coma, yeah. Um, and then the um, his family petitioned to have this. Yeah, medicinal cannabis in inverted commas um, imported for uh, his care. Anyway, he's died. It did no good. He died. And his mother has admitted that she um, managed to get hold of some and she was treating him with it while he was in intensive care before they got before permission. The approval. And before anybody, so without the nurses or doctors knowing what she was giving him, she was giving him something. Did you actually um, watch the interview with him? I haven't oh, watched Andrew it yet. Oh, but no. ah, it's just well, so, what, so frustrating. She is so the epitome some... of the woo yeah. so, person. So, that, ah! so she, is, she is a natural, she's a complementary medicine yeah. person. And she just knows yeah. that this thing the, had a great benefit. I've them. read some of the quotes from her and what's interesting was that at the very beginning it was all about like so once he died and she said this stuff it was very much um you know uh i did this because i did what i felt was right and it was kind of like i'm his mother and i know what he would have wanted mummy instinct yeah yeah and then the the dialogue has changed slightly and now it's become that it was about it was about his choice and her choice and not about the medicinal cannabis at all it was about their choice about what treatment they wanted right i, so, I mean because they know better than doctors when is she being prosecuted for well that's medical so that's, that's that's an interesting question that it seems like nobody's going there oh. i don't know whether they i mean who yeah is some i don't know whether somebody's putting the case together about whether she could be prosecuted i imagine that would go down very badly yeah no it wouldn't with be the public PR. because yeah. her be child PR is PR dead yeah and but what she did was immensely dangerous well, no, she's not so, repentant at all. She said she'd do it again. Well, and that apparently she's got six children, so she's so got she could do five it. more <sighs> to experiment on. Yeah, but uh, this very interesting, I did what I felt was right, and that somehow justifies yeah. giving your... You know, that's in the same category, Elf. Same category as, as is faith. Mm. Faith is a virtue. Mm. Believing something, even though there's no evidence. But, doing but, something because it felt right but just this whole like he's, he's dead I mean actually who's not who's who's not to say that what she was giving and who knows whether she was giving him anything else while he was in intensive yeah, care yeah. and whether that interacted with any of the medicines that, yeah. that she he's, God I am getting shrill sorry but you know it's, I mean oh, ah <laughs> I just I can't quite believe it well it's amazing <sighs> Yes, and you're getting defensive mind, because this this the Western I know, um, I know. medical Sorry. system is being challenged by. That's yeah. right. That's absolutely right. You're basically, you're just a shill for big pharma, and you just don't right. like the fact that she's able to make her own decisions. Yeah. Without being prosecuted yes, for potentially murdering her child. You've got me there. Um. Do we not need to, that we think that she murdered her child? Does <laughs> not think that. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we move on to what everyone's been waiting for. Um, Delia's dubious device. Or is that devious? Or devious device. Um, no. devious, devious device. Well, devious not, Delia's dubious I, device. I, it's, it's a very cool device, which um, at least half of our listeners should enjoy. 
Okay, let's find out which half, as Susie tells us about, was that 51%? the iceberg. <laughs> so I just came across this and it made me giggle. Um, partly because I'd been, uh, when I was talking to Graham Hill last week on the radio, I was having a bit of a rant about this um, supplement uh, that was developed by this guy to uh, for men to take while their um, wives are having IVF and it was about improving their um, their sperm uh, count and so he's got this huge well it seems to be this massive business he's doing really really well um, making this product that of course has never been tested and there's mm. a very easy way to find out whether something is has an impact on sperm. Yeah. You know, because what he's saying is it will make more sperm with better motility. So you can look Test at that at. really quite simply. Yeah. And I found a device that does that. Mm. So the eye sperm is made by a Taiwanese firm. Um, and it's an iPad-based analyzer that they're using for livestock. So the idea is that um, there's a little microscope with a light source um, and these little two little bits of plastic and you put a little bit of sperm in between the two bits of plastic that gets sandwiched on the end of semen. this light source. Sorry. Put the semen. Semen, yes, that's right, it's not the sperm, sperm. And then you measure the sperm. Um, so you put that <clears throat> and you put the light source and everything fits onto the camera of an iPad um, and then their little software, you open the software, you press the button, um, it takes a little video, seven second video of the sperm the sperm swimming around and then it tells you how motile they were and how many there were um and so they're coming out for android (laughs) (laughs) so they're they're um apparently they'd like to have it um approved by the fda for uh, fertility testing at home for people okay Uh, so it's not really a dubious device it's actually no exactly uh, it's quite cool so um it's a so it's a devious device i would say quite um (laughs) quite neat uh so I just saw it, and it just—I was—it was a device-ish, um, and I liked it because it came from a dubious story about actually how would you test whether a multivitamin impacts on your um, yeah. your sperm count and motility? You'd use the eye sperm. Um, we don't quite know yet what Apple will say to the eye sperm, but um, right. Anyway, so um, so but one thing that is a worry. So there's the eye sperm, and that's kind of cool. Um, one thing that is a worry. Tell us about the death for of teledildonics. Teledildonics, yeah. So this is this is this is what's frightening for the future of Delia's dubious devices. Um, is is this the death of teledildonics? Um, no, now. it's dildonics. I've spelled it wrong. Teledildonics. Oh, I was trying to be funny. No, it's dildonics, uh-huh. um, which is now my favourite word of all time. <laughs> uh, so okay, so what's the story about? So. There is, um, so teledildonics is basically what we think it is. And oh, we've covered right. some yes. of these things before. <laughs> Nathan only just got it. Sorry. <laughs> so this is the having sex over the internet Remotely. using a right. remote controlled sex toy. Right, yes. Um, and we covered some really cool ones. I was trying to find oh, out when we did that. Oh, this is the story about the death of dildos, is it? Well, the, no. the, the, the point well, is the, the that Sex toys because of a patent. Right, right. yes. So there is this oh, patent God. troll. troll that has found a very broad patent that essentially covers having sex on the internet using a remote control or using using sex toys that are essentially remote controlled and so um nathan's life is over as we know it yeah so the so essentially the patent covers any sex toy that's controlled by any kind of computer network and that is just wow 
Um, uh, yeah, so, so if that's there was really... ever a reason to be furious at patent trolls, yeah, it is now. It is now because uh, the future of teledildonics. <laughs> I just love that word. Um, is uh, and so the, there's apparently various companies now being sued, including one of the ones that that we talked about, which was the Real Touch, which was that um, masturbation device. Where you put your thing in it and stuff happens. We talked about it. Wow. I was trying to figure out when we talked about it, but um, that was a while ago. Yeah. Have you ordered it yet, Nathan? No, I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> but was, you would was, if you did. If it was part of a board game. I might be able to justify it. <laughs> now now that might that be a, is a genius idea. Kickstarter. I'm gonna yeah. An adult <laughs> board game and design adult board idea. Game. Note to self: <laughs> include teledidonics. Didonics. Okay, Dildonics. but you have to license the technology from this you know, patent troll. Yeah. Well, it might or be. Murder can... him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not advocating that. Neither is the cusp. Right. Um, we'll just give him medicinal cannabis. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so this this is horrible. Right. So um, may and... not. And I'm ah, hoping that something yeah. happens with this. Um, they can do something about this troll. Yeah. Troll. So patent trolls, the, the general trolls. idea is that they're out for profit, right? Yeah. So he's only ever going to sue anyone if he thinks he's going to make some money out of it. So it's not actually going to stop people from researching it or doing it. Because there's enough people doing it. No, they sue people for infringing the patent. Yes, but only if they think they can get some money out of it. Um, he's, well, not, he's not trying to stop people from doing it. He just wants his million dollars. Right, right. but I guess the so thing... So I went so, out and did Yeah, it. but so presumably what they can then... The way they can do it is rather than... Um, you can settle out of court and basically pay yeah, yeah, a fee. Yeah, yeah. And so that's yeah, what they're, yeah. they're hoping for. But if there's 50,000 companies all yeah. doing this, he can't sue all of them. Well, you probably could if you really put your mind to it. But well, he only needs to sue the biggest ones first, and yeah, and then the rest of them can keep going. That's my mm. point. Anyway, I'm not saying well, that's this, a so good a idea or a best view. solution, but it is possible that it could still, uh, still could become a thing. Anyway, it sounds like this is a company who, um, who uh, this is what they do. They, patent um, troll. they basically are yeah. a patent troll and they just find these things and um, <clears throat> but I can't find the company anyway there you go okay so it's a worry so if you if you care about Delia's dubious or devious devices if they, we might be have we might have a lack of them in the future based mm. on well, <laughs> so the question I guess, only uh, if Delia's dubious devices are solely focused on sex devices. Well, I was well, getting so a bit bored of health-related ones. Are, actually, right. No, yeah, not all of them. Do you remember the Serenity Cat Pod? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was nothing to do with sex. That was a most, classic I would one. Say most. All right. Anyway, moving on to word of the day. Today's word of the day is teledildonics. <laughs> <laughs> I know what that is. Do you? Oh, damn! I have to do something else then. There it is. Remote stimulation. Tabacosis. 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 Okay, well, this sounds like something to do with tobacco, and it's a disease of some sort. Osis or a, um, uh, os osis is. It's a programming language problem where instead of using tabs, you use spaces. <laughs> That's very good. 
<laughs> almost get a half point if that's um, not the actual answer. I think this is something to do with having too much tobacco in your body or something. It's the what else could it be? Tabacco. Well, I think the acosis is just like narcosis or whatever is a some medical bad yeah. thing happening yeah. to you. Yes, exactly. Um, right, maybe maybe it's a gambling related thing. The TAB. Oh <laughs> yes, very clever. Uh, okay, so we've got tobacco. Gambling. And, you can't have three answers. And You're going with tobacco. Something. I'm going to go with um, essentially it being a bad thing to do with. And Craig is, and Craig is saying is an abundance of tabs in a program <laughs> or something. Yeah. yeah. Or something uh, bad related to t TAB and gambling. Is that your final answer? Hmm. Well, I really don't have any clue. No clue. Except that there's something medically bad. Okay, medically yeah. bad. But I have and no the correct idea answer is thing. tobacco poisoning. Yes! Oh, that, oh. yes! Uh, Two months in a row! Foil, foiled by the obviousness of it. <laughs> well, too you always complain that normally they're too hard. Oh. Um, the other one oh, I was nice. considering, and this is an interesting one to see if anyone can get, is. So hang on, hang on, hang on. So what was it exactly? The tobacco poisoning. Tobacco poisoning. Tobacco right. poisoning. So poisoning Poses. by tobacco versus nicotine. How, how is how is this related? Are you actually consuming tobacco and That's getting an interesting question? Tobacco poisoning. Is tobacco itself poison? Well, it's got lots of different things. Possibly, in it, yeah. It's the, mm. the overall. This is from tobacco rather than just you've got too much nicotine. Right. Mm. I guess. Yep. Yeah. Um, the other one. The other. Blah, blah, blah. The other one I found, which I don't think anyone would have got, but I thought it was a cool word, was tag meme. Tag one word, meme. One word. No spaces. Tag meme. Meme. Oh, M E M E. So T A G M E M E M E. Whether it's pronounced meme or tag meme or. Tag Presumably meme. it's not a meme about tags. No. Not necessarily. Oh. <laughs> oh well, come on, give us oh, a yeah, definition. So it's We're not never part of the competition. It's analysis of arrangement of spoken elements. Oh, okay. That was interesting. Okay. Okay, I would have not. No, you probably wouldn't got it. So I didn't do it as the official one. So Excellent. Susie got a point. I didn't get a point. There are a large number of words that we will never know the meaning of. <laughs> yeah, that one just. And Telly Dildonics <laughs> is not one of them. No, yes. <laughs> some things we can figure out. Yes, indeed. So I think we'll be slowly us. for some people. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> focusing on the spelling mistakes. Uh, leaving us with the quote, Craig. The quote. Uh, this come, one comes from Ralph Waldo Emerson, and he said, never, no, sorry, he didn't say that. He said, <laughs> let me never fall into the vulgar mistake of dreaming that I am persecuted whenever I am contradicted. Nathan. <laughs> it's been more than two episodes, right? <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? I wasn't right? actually thinking That's about it. True. Right? Yeah, right? I think it's true. Yeah? Right. Okay. So we can say Ken fucking ring. <laughs> right. Am I right? Uh, sure. Yeah? Sure. But it has much broader application, applicability than uh, just Ken ring. It's oh, like yes, absolutely. Any, uh, many, many, many woo merchants think they're being persecuted when people disagree with them. Yes. Yes. Uh, but this is good. Now he, Nathan's got this out of his system, and now we've got another two episodes to yes. go where we oh, won't well, have no, to no, mention Ken Ring. Set up as a regular. Interestingly, oh, no, so. interestingly, if it comes up. So 
last episode of the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe covered the recently passed um, bill in New Zealand it about did. Uh, harmful, communications, harmful communications, harmful digital communications. I hadn't linked that and to KFR, so, actually. So it's kind of broad in that if you say bad things about somebody, yeah. even, if it's even if it's true, you could potentially fall under this law. Yeah. And um, so this could actually be ammunition for the likes of KFR. Indeed. Or shutting down uh, the cusp. <gasps> shutting down the cusp. Yes, shutting <sighs> down criticism of his uh, of his quite interesting views. Con job. Yes. Bloody. In your humble opinion. In my opinion. Yes. Not that that matters anymore in New Zealand because if you're listening, Ken, opinion, we'd like to interview. <laughs> no. No. no, no, no I was saying okay. interview right. that other guy we said we were going to interview who said he wanted to. Um, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get around to that, that at some stage. Yeah. So no interview this week, obviously. Everyone probably figured that out already because that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to send us a message or feedback, check out our Facebook page or our website, thecast.org.nz. Thecast.org.nz. What is our fucking website? <laughs> <laughs> <That is. laughs>